episode of Disneyland Devoted. I am your host, Michelle, and I appreciate you. So today's episode is going to be about my recent solo trip to Disneyland and what I learned doing a solo trip, what I would do differently, and some of the overall tips and tricks that I would either confirm that I've shared before or new ones that I learned from my experience. So, um, also, I want to let you know before we jump into that topic that I will have a episode coming up on what I ate. So I'll talk about that in detail, pricing, my opinion, uh, recommendations, things like that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And then secondly, I am working, I'm almost done. I am working on some printable planning sheets for those of you that uh, may need to start planning a trip from beginning to end. I have all these tips and tricks in various episodes and all of that is free here on my podcast, but I am going to offer up some printable planning sheets over at Etsy. So I will let you know when that is done. Super excited about that because I do get asked a lot on the planning and I just wanted to organize that in a way that has worked for me and hoping to share it with other people. So I will let you know when that is live. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about my solo trip to Disneyland. So first I want to give you just a couple of factors so you have some some perspective. I went on a Tuesday, July 5th, so the day after the holiday, and I did go at rope drop. I did get on property around 7.30, if not a little earlier than that. And when I say on property, I mean I got up to the point before you can get through security, I was dropped off um, at Harbor Boulevard and I walked up past where all the shuttle buses will drop you off. And we were kind of held there until um, I want to say it was like 20 till eight o'clock. And then they let us through and then we went to security, which took about two minutes. And then we stood in line at the various gates before they uh, let us in through Disneyland, although it wasn't eight o'clock yet. So I went through the gates Then I went into City Hall and it was my birthday. So I got a button that said it was my birthday. And I highly recommend doing that because I had such a beautiful day. Uh, People wishing me a happy birthday, not just cast members, but guests as well. And so it was super special. And I would recommend that for anybody. If you have someone in your family that's celebrating something special, an anniversary, a birthday, getting married, whatever you're doing, I would highly recommend that you take the time to get a button. They're in the city hall. They're in the different stores. You can write out different things. Cast members will help you. It really just is like such an added little sweet bonus. So once I got through city hall, I went into, I went down main street and I stood in line with the crowd that was waiting to go into adventure land. The majority of the people that I could see were headed, um, were standing in line in front of frontier land. And I know that's so they can make the quickest route to Galaxy's Edge. I know a lot of people were going straight for Rise of the Resistance, and I'll circle back to how I know that for sure in just a moment. So um, once it was 8 o'clock and they dropped the rope, so to speak, then I started my day. So I was in the park from 8 until 11 Uh, walking around and riding attractions and then at 11 o'clock I had a dining reservation and then after dining I did a lot of like window shopping both 
um, in different shops within the park and then all up and down Main Street and then I exited the park and I went over to downtown Disney and I did some shopping there and then I left property around one o'clock. So something to keep in mind, I've been to Disneyland a thousand and one time so I really don't I, what this trip wasn't about how many rides I could ride, but if you are into that, that's the best time of the day to go is, is right at rope drop. I could have walked on to so many things if that was my goal. And so I highly recommend you do that. I've said that so many times and I just can't stress it enough. It is so important. I could have walked on probably a dozen rides before I had my dining reservations, not just because I was by myself, but just because it's just the best time to go. And a dozen is a bit of an exaggeration. How about six or eight? I could have gone on. So um, just keep that in mind if that's your goal. I said, should also tell you that I paid $149 for the day, plus I did a $20 uh, Genie Plus. So I'll tell you whether or not I think that's worth it here in just a moment. Um, I did a single day, single park admission because I'm not a huge fan of park hopping. Um, only because it takes a lot of time to navigate either park. And then when you add two parks into it, it's just a bit much. On top of it, in today's environment, you can't even go to your second park until 1 p.m. And by then, that's like prime time. That's the most crowded time of the day. You've missed out on so many opportunities to have low or short wait times that it just doesn't make it worth it. Genie Plus would certainly help with that so you can do Lightning Lane. Uh, reservations, but it just feels like one of your arms is tied behind your back and I'm not a fan. So I just did one day, one park. It's all I had time to do. So I just picked Disneyland. Um, also, it was 81 degrees was the highest that day, but man, it was stinking hot. Um, Anaheim is really hot, or at least the Disneyland area is super, super hot between the asphalt, the buildings, the attractions, all the people. It is really, really hot. So my recommendation is to keep that in mind. Obviously, you want to drink a lot of water. You want to take a lot of breaks if you're going to go in the summertime. And if, like, best case scenario, it's you go in the morning and you're out of there by noon. That's best case. And then second best case is either you come back or you start in the evening when the sun is down. That's a very enjoyable time. But right smack in the middle of the day from, like, 11 12 ish up until five or six it's not very pleasant and i don't recommend it if it's all you if that's all the time you have then of course you can make the most of it and you'll have a fantastic time but if you can avoid that that would be my recommendation so what did i learn about going on a solo trip Number one is it's still expensive. I mean, it's obviously less expensive for one person than it is for a family. But if you figure I spent $169 just to get into the park plus food, it's stinking expensive. I wish I had a magic key pass and I hope to get that when they come back. They're like, you can't buy them now. I think they're redoing the, the system. I can't wait to get one because I, in my mind, this may not make financial sense to folks, but it makes emotional and mental sense to me and to others is that when you spend $169 or let's just take Genie Plus out of that, you spend $149 just to get into the park, you feel a sense of obligation to spend as much time as you possibly can to get your money worth. 
Well, it's exhausting there between walking so much miles. I tracked miles and like 20 plus thousand, 20,000 plus steps, um, you know, just walking around there in the heat. It's hot. That's a lot. And so, and I was there, you know, only to like 9, 930, but you feel obligated to do that because you spend so much money just to get into the park. If you have a magic key pass and you will go more than once, and I know there's a mathematical problem where you need to go quite a bit to justify that, you don't feel as obligated. There's something about it. Like the pressure's off. You go into the park for just a a period of time, whatever you want, whether in my case, I would go at rope drop and I would be out of there by 12, or I would not even go in the morning and I would just hit it when the sun went down and I would try to be there, you know, through the evening and when it closed. That is ideal. It's just a few hours a day and you get so much out of it and you can do that multiple times and not have to buy a pass for every day. And you could park hop. You could go over to the other side and not feel um, that, I don't know. There's just something about spending that money. A park hopper is an additional $60 to your ticket. So if I wanted to park hop that day, it was $149 plus $60 and I couldn't get in till 1 o'clock. This is just like a bunch of bad things in a row. That is not attractive. But if I had a, a magic key, maybe I wouldn't feel so bad about getting in at one o'clock because I really am only going to do a couple of rides and I didn't spend 60 bucks just to walk in there. So I'm just all about annual passes. It's just my preferred and I'm all about going in spurts to Disneyland. I'm not about the weekend warrior. I'm not about cramming it in. I find that your body hurts. You're exhausted. It gets draining with the heat. It just isn't as enjoyable as if you can do it in small doses. That all sounds great if you have the capability. If you don't, I have plenty of episodes on how to navigate this in the weekend warrior mode. So is Genie Plus worth it? So just as a reminder, it's an additional $20 to add to your ticket. So the answer is it depends. Don't you love that? So here's the thing. I only used it once and it isn't because I was by myself. It's because I was able to ride most of the attractions that I wanted to first thing in the morning. And then I used it on some of the other attractions later in the day, but really I didn't have to. And so I do think that if you're going to spend the whole day there and you know you're going to be there during the busy times, which in my opinion is between 12 and 6, and you want to ride rides between 12 and 6, then you want to have Genie Plus. For me, that isn't what I wanted to do, so it really wasn't worth it. That said, I do enjoy the other feature, which is around the photos. So when I rode Splash Mountain, and they took a picture of me, you know, when you're doing the drop, I got to save that picture, right? I got to, you know, link it by putting in the number into the app and then it makes like a professional Disney photo and I got to save it and share it. If I took pictures with a Disney photographer around the park in different places, then I could have saved and shared those photos as well as part of Genie Plus. I thought that was great. So it, it had its benefits, but for the lightning lane feature, it really depends on how you're gonna navigate the park. 
If you're gonna go all day, then you should probably get it. If you're not gonna go all day, you're gonna go in the morning, you're gonna go after fireworks, you're not gonna ride a ton of rides between 12 and six, then maybe you save your $20. Now, let's talk about, I said before that a lot of people were going to uh, what I perceive to be uh, Galaxy's Edge when we were kind of all, we got led into the park, we were on Main Street, we got up to the hub, and then I was standing on the side with Adventureland folks, but there was a large crowd at Frontierland entrance, and I knew they were going to Galaxy's Edge. Well, I went to Galaxy's Edge probably 30 minutes after the park opened, and the standby line for Rise of the Resistance was excessive. I mean, excessive. So that ride is not lightning lane it's not in genie plus you either do standby which is what all these folks were doing or you do individual lightning lane purchases so two different things lightning lane as part of genie plus are those rides that have they used to have fast pass and you could schedule your lightning lane but then there's what they call individual lightning lane purchases which rise of the resistance is the one and only at disneyland and that's like 15 to 20 dollars per person to ride that and when you purchase that then you go into the lightning lane lane which is like fast pass but you have to buy that separately like per ride and i think you can only do it one time a day so that will help you avoid that excessive line that i saw but you have to pay per person to ride that so if you have a family of four and let's say it's twenty dollars that's 80 bucks for you to ride that Plus, it already cost you $149 to get into the park. So you have to really determine if it's worth it. Well, a lot of people don't think it's worth it. So they go there first so they can be in standby line and they could wait however long they have to wait to ride that ride and just only have paid for the price of admission and not an extra you know, ride, uh, an extra purchase of $15 to $20, whatever it is to ride that individually. So financially, it makes more sense to go there first and wait in line. But dang, there were a lot of people. So you really would need to make that your first stop. The same thing over in California Adventure. If you wanna ride Radiator Springs Racers, the Cars Land ride, you need to make that your first stop. Otherwise, it is the same thing. It is also an individual lightning lane purchase. Otherwise, you either pay to ride it or you stand in an excessively long line. Now, I watch wait times throughout the day, and it could be an hour. It could be two hours for either one of the rides I'm talking about. So if you go first thing, in theory, it should be less than that, and it would be worth it not to have to pay for that. So those are two things that I'll just, you know, add into this lightning lane not. Um, Genie Plus for the Lightning Lane feature wasn't necessarily worth it to me. And if I wanted to ride Rise of the Resistance, I would have needed to make that my first stop. So what else did I learn about going there by myself? Is I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. I know that sounds really silly, but when if you've ever traveled with a family or with a bunch of people especially the more people not if you're going with your immediate family but if you have a lot of people you you know everybody wants to do something of course everyone has their favorite rides or they have their favorite treats or they have the things that mean a lot to them and you want to 
you want everyone to experience it. So all of that takes a lot of time and you tend to get in this mode where you're trying to hit as many attractions or character interactions or events as you possibly can cram in that time. As a, as a solo uh, on your own in the park, I didn't have any pressure. I had one reservation at 11 o'clock a.m. The rest, I just did whatever I wanted. I stopped and shopped. I rode the train a couple of times with the intentions of doing a full circle. But then on a whim, I was like, oh, look, it's not that crowded. And it's a small world. I'll pop up here and I'll go ride the ride. I'll get back on the train. I loved riding the train. I loved riding it full circle, which I eventually did. I absolutely love seeing every element of the park. If you have been with me before, you know that I live Disneyland top to bottom, side to side, landscaping, attractions, pathways, shopping, food, attractions, all of it. I love all of it. It's not just about the attractions. I love to ride attractions, but I also love to just go and see things like just walking around the park makes me happy. If I didn't get on a single attraction, I'd still feel like I had a beautiful day. That's just the way I am. So being able to meander around and not feel tied to anything was fantastic. Um, the, something else I learned about a solo trip is I am a Splash Mountain fan and it was super hot. So therefore, the standby line for Splash Mountain was really long because people want to ride it because it's hot and it's an awesome ride. Being a single rider and they have a single rider line, I rode Splash Mountain twice and I don't think I waited more than five minutes either time. The first time I think I waited uh, maybe 30 seconds. The second time I waited five minutes and the second ride was more entertaining than the first just because the crowd I was riding with was just hysterical. But single rider is a blessing. There's only a couple of single rider in Disneyland. Uh, Space Mountain is one and Matterhorn is another. And so if you can break up your party or you're okay with that, I highly recommend taking advantage of those because that is just such a blessing to get on really fast and be able to enjoy that ride. Obviously, if you want to ride with your family so you enjoy it together and share that experience, that's something different. But if you're able, that's that's a tip for you. So I learned that being able to take advantage of single rider was, was a great opportunity uh, being there by myself. I also learned, and this was a blessing and a curse, so I didn't spend a ton of money on food because I was only buying one item, but not having somebody with me to split some of these items, I felt was kind of wasteful. I've said this in many episodes before that you could share a lot of the things that you purchase and you would save money and not feel so bad. I mean, you're walking around all day. It's hot. You're thirsty. There's a lot of excitement depending on what you eat, it just sucks the moisture out of your body or is like not necessarily the world's healthiest food. So if you can split these items, you save money, you save like you're eating in smaller like chunks. It's just such a blessing. So I learned that while I saved money, I also felt obligated to eat all of whatever I was eating because there was no one to share it with. So that was, you know, a good and a bad I also learned that um, it is the I, I rode the train and the monorail, and with the monorail, I when I left midday and I came back, 
I rode, I, I got in at the downtown Disney entrance this time and I rode the monorail into the park from downtown Disney and I absolutely loved that. And circling, um, you know, I, I got that route, but we had to exit at Tomorrowland. I'm not sure why we couldn't go around, but that's neither here nor there. But the train and the monorail, I cannot stress enough how absolutely amazing they are. And I, they are like rides within themselves. So while I didn't ride a gazillion rides, I rode the train a lot and I got to ride the monorail. And that was so enjoyable for me to be able to see so much of the park. And there are things on the train you only can see on the train. So I just, I cannot stress enough how much fun riding the train is. And, and to build that in, not just to save your feet, not just to be in the shade, and not just to see the attractions, but for all of it. It's just like, an, it's a ride in and of itself. So I highly recommend that. Something else I learned right, uh, going as a solo trip is I'm not sure Genie Plus was worth it. Um, going at Rope Drop allowed me to walk on all the attractions that I rode really quickly. Um, those that didn't have single ride or just at Rope Drop, you just can do that. And so I never got to use Genie Plus until the until late in the afternoon when I did it once for Haunted Mansion. So I don't know that it was worth the $20. Um, if you're really, if your goal is to ride as many attractions as possible, you probably could get the most out of that $20, but that isn't my goal as I already stated. So I, and, and I can do so much in the morning. It just wasn't worth it. However, what I did like it for was when I got pictures on the attractions that I rode for the ones that had them and I was able to save those and, and, and share them with, with folks. That was a lot of fun and they make them really special. So if you like to take photos and have a professional, I mean, I did ride photos, but there's photo ops throughout the park. And if you have Genie Plus and the photographer takes those pictures who takes amazing pictures, the ability to save those is super awesome. So, you know, that is worth it. But for the lightning lane, I just probably wouldn't do that again if I was going by myself. It just wasn't, it just wasn't worth it. Um, something else I learned going by myself is you can navigate pretty quickly. I mean, I'm not a sprinter, right? I'm not sprinting around the park, but you know, you're not waiting for people. I know that sounds silly, but you know, people get lost in the crowd. It's so busy and you're like on your way to a ride. And the next thing you know, like somebody in your party is like lost back behind a crowd and, and you have to go get them or rescue them or whatever, or you have to wait for them. There was none of that, right? I didn't have to wait for anybody. I just, I just got to where I wanted to go, but mostly I wasn't in a hurry, right? I was meandering. I was going through so many shops and I was checking things out and I was, I did mobile ordering um, for the food that I ordered and I just stepped aside and I just took my time and I looked at my phone and I did my order and then I looked to see where the wait times were and where did I want to go and it was just such a non-stressful relaxing time. So I really enjoyed it and I know there are a lot of people in my life that thought that was really weird that I was going by myself but it's not weird to my family. They know how much I love it. I happen to be in the area so I could take advantage of it and I found it to be really, really relaxing. I just absolutely love that park. I, shocker, right? I know I just told you something you didn't know, but I absolutely love that park. But I find that 
a lot of people focus so much on just the attractions and there's so much more than the attractions. So a couple of tips that have nothing to do with me riding by myself. So just a couple things I want to highlight. Number one, I said riding by myself. I meant going to the park by myself. Number one is how to, how to enter the park. When you're first starting off the day, there is something ceremonial about starting off on Main Street. So I probably will always do that. I have at times started off in the downtown Disney entrance and gone straight to um, the, you know, got on the monorail and went straight to Tomorrowland. And you feel like you missed something. So my opinion is it's something very special about starting off at Main Street. But if you are going to exit and come back, I think there's something really special about going to the downtown Disney entrance. It's not as crowded. You can get and you like get right into the park, right? It takes you right into like the heart of things. So I recommend that you consider entering or exiting through the downtown Disney monorail station. I think that's a great opportunity. I can't stress enough that you should be there at rope drop if you want to make the most of what you're doing. Also, if you can be there after fireworks, after the parades, after Fantasmic, if you can be there after everyone is exited from those items or those events rather, I think you're going to be able to have a lot of opportunity to ride attractions with less wait times and less crowds in the evening. I highly recommend, and it was once again proven tenfold, you should take a break in the middle of the day, rest your feet, charge your phone, refresh, get some water, just recharge. Something else that I already knew, but it was, I was reminded of this, stay on property. I know, I know it's so expensive. I know it's hard to justify spending that much money. But at the end of the day, or when you are tired, or when you want to take advantage of as much time as you can in the park, it's a lot to get in and out. It's a lot to walk to the tram. It's a lot to walk to your hotel off property. It's a lot to walk to your Uber. It's a lot more time. I remember being at Galaxy's Edge because I was on a mission at the end of night. It was the last thing I did. I went back to get a specific item, which is another tip I'll give you. But I went back to get a specific item. And then it's the realization that that is the furthest part of the park. And now I have to walk all the way back and there's no benefit the train won't get me there any quicker i mean yes i could walk through to Fantasyland, jump on the train and ride it around to main street i could do that um that would have saved some time but i had a long distance to get through right it's a lot and then if you're so i had to walk all the way through that and then i had to go out to the spot where i was going to be picked up to go back to the my hotel it would have been so much nicer to be able to walk over to the monorail station, jump on that, get off at downtown Disney and go to my hotel. It's so worth it. And then when I took my break in the middle of the day, I could have gotten back in the park sooner. I could have taken multiple breaks through the day. I, it just staying on property. There's a reason why people do it. There's a reason why it's expensive. And I understand that, but besides the convenience there, there is just so much magic on property. If you have the budget, you have the availability, I highly recommend staying on property. 
So going back to the shopping piece, I also another tip for you is I always thought that anything, or I, I shouldn't say I thought this, but it, it worked out for me that anytime I wanted something that I saw throughout my, um, you know, navigating the park, I could find it at the Emporium on downtown, um, sorry, on Main Street or the World of Disney in downtown Disney, I would be able to find it. But that wasn't the case. Um, I find that because there's so many themed events and areas that they only have small sections in those stores. But if you like, I wanted something from galaxy's edge. So I had to go back there because that had a much, much bigger selection of that theme, right? There were so many more items of star Wars that I could find there in that area. When I went to the Emporium and I went to the world of Disney, the section around stars with star Wars was much smaller. So I recommend that if you find something that you like, pick it up where you found it. Keeping in mind, you have to tote it around. So that's why I hit Galaxy's Edge as my last stop of the day. So I wouldn't have to carry around the package. But I just just try to, to, to build that in, to grab what you want when you see it. And, and don't let that moment pass because then you either won't find it and you'll have to go back there anyway, and it's just kind of a pain. So just keep that in mind. Grab it when you see it. Also, be mindful of what you're carrying in with you. It's very easy to want to bring a backpack and, and put a lot of stuff in there, right? Like things that you may need for your trip, a water bottle, which of course is very important and highly recommend you keep very hydrated. But anything that you have, like anything that you think you would want, like a, you know, I have a fuel rod that I purchased one time at Disney and then I just switch the battery um, anytime I want. So I have like all my fuel rod accessories and I have a little personal fan and I have a water bottle and I have my wallet and you know, this and this and this. But really, at the end of the day, I don't want to carry all of that around. I find that the less I can carry, the better. Now, if you're trying to save money, bringing in snacks and not purchasing food is ideal. So you have to have something to carry that in. But less is more. If you can carry on your person like less, it is just <laughs> it is just ideal. Sorry. Because at the end of the day, it just gets exhausting toting all of that around and then getting on the attractions and trying to, you know, put it down below your feet or putting it in the little cubby that they have or protecting it from the water. Just less is more in that scenario. And chances are you're not going to use all that you packed. And I totally get the being prepared just in case, but it's a lot to tote around. And if you're staying on property, it wouldn't be that far to have to go back and get something that you really need. So just less is more. Um, another tip I would say is that do take the time, and I, I said it before, but do take the time to do those extra fun special things. Stop at City Hall, get a button, do something, wear a shirt that, you know, highlights something fun, like first vacation, first trip to Disneyland, somebody's birthday, somebody's wedding, you know, somebody's anniversary. Just, it, it's cute. It's whimsical. It's a lot of fun. People want to celebrate with you. And so I recommend that you make that just a little bit special and do that. Um, another tip that I've said before, but I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it a thousand more times in the course of this podcast is plan, 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 plan. Do your homework. I don't recommend anyone just show up at Disneyland who's never done this before and just be like, hey, we'll just see where the wind blows. Yeah, no, it just doesn't work that way. You need 
to plan, right? It's better if you've researched some restaurants, some menus, navigating what's located where, what do you want to do? What are your priorities? Like what are your top attractions? Set your expectations. You're not going to be able to do everything, but if you highlight some of those key things that everybody wants to do in your party and you try to navigate that way, you know, at least you can try to please everyone a little bit, but definitely plan, definitely figure out when is the parade, when is Fantasmic, when is fireworks, when's the character meet and greet that you're after. What are the offerings that you want? What is something like do your research on YouTube and Instagram and look at what people are saying and doing and what looks good to you and what do you want to experience? Is there a certain treat that's only available during this season and you want to try that? Mark that down. You need to capture it. Um, Like in that planning, in the planning sheets that I'm creating, I have a section for all of that because it's you can get so distracted by all the great things going on around you that you will forget that and then you'll be so sad that you didn't do that like i regret that i didn't go get a tahine um uh uh dole whip I couldn't think of the word, uh, Dole Whip. I really wanted to try one and I forgot and I didn't put it down on my agenda of what I was doing and I really wanted that. And then, I mean, darn it, I guess I have to go again and get it. But anyways, just, you know, by doing a little planning ahead of time and like really doing your research and, and making notes and then how you're going to navigate. And then, of course, being flexible. Things happen. Something pops up. You know, the attraction that you were on your way to ride is down unexpectedly and now you have to pivot. Um, just, you know, being flexible to things aren't going to work out exactly the way you want to, but just plan, 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 um, as best you can. So those are some of the big things that I would say that, you know, some just like summarizing some of my tips and tricks from being there, uh, recently. Also, um, Oh, yeah, I didn't say this before, and I probably thought I was going to say it just in the food episode, but I'll say it here, is food is shareable. Like, I, being by myself and not being able to share with somebody some of these things, I I felt, you know, like I needed to eat all of whatever I purchased, because you do spend a fair amount of money on items, but I prefer to share. It would have been nice if my husband was there with me because then we could have shared this item and then we both could have tasted it and then we could have shared something else. I mean, obviously I spent less on food because it was just one person, but then I did eat more of something than maybe I would have wanted to because it was just me and I didn't want to waste it. So always try to share where you can. Um, It just makes it it just is beneficial all around. Plus you don't want to feel yucky, right? You eat a lot of food, you feel heavy, it's hot, you're drained, you're tired. It's just not a good feeling. So just try to share where you can. And and I mean, I'm talking snacks, obviously entrees, things like that. Just be mindful of that. Something I'm discovering in some of the items that Disney is doing is their portion sizes are getting smaller. Um, And that's good and bad, right? It's great because it's hard to have leftovers at Disneyland if you don't finish everything and you don't want to tote it around during the day. So it is nice that the portion sizes are smaller, but then I don't know that the price is smaller. So it's like you're paying as much and getting less, but at the same time, you're not being wasteful. So you have to kind of weigh that. 
Um, but you know, there is a difference in the portion sizes. That said, they're still pretty big in some cases and you could totally share with someone. So just always try to see if that's a possibility. And how do you see that? Look around. What are people eating around you? People are always eating. Look and see if you can see how big that item is before you order it. Ask the waiter or the person taking your order, how big is it? Is it shareable? And just try to do that so you can share it with your family or someone else and then you're spending a little bit less but you're still getting to experience different items. I just think that's a win-win. Also, souvenirs are a lot of fun. So, I mean, I am in the camp that I like to get things at Disneyland. I can buy these things cheaper at Target or Amazon. I totally know that. But it comes with a memory for me, and I really enjoy it. So I'm never going to say don't buy something at the park. I don't buy a souvenir every time I go. I buy a souvenir a lot, and they're all very special to me. I have some items that are super special. They're special because they're Disney branded, but they're special because I got them at Disneyland, and they're tied to a memory, and I would not trade that for anything. It's worth every penny to me. That said, if you don't, I mean, it's expensive and that's why I don't do it all the time. But if you want to have souvenirs and you want to have that Disney brand and you want to do that, there are less expensive options. You can buy ears and backpacks and sweatshirts and t-shirts and all of those things in other places and you'll save a lot of money. So just weigh what's important to you and, you know, do some, some, um, some planning there. It does feel really good when you walk into the park and there are other people, a lot of people with Disney stuff on. Like, I mean, I know that sounds really silly, but you will find it. How do I say this? It is harder to find people without some sort of Disney gear on than it is with Disney gear. Like, ears and sweatshirts and all those things are everywhere. Like, people are all Disneyed out. I always say when I go there that I'm with my people. Like Disney stuff, memorabilia, merchandise is everywhere on people. And it's, there's not a beacon that says, oh, they got it at Disneyland. Oh, they got that at Amazon. Oh, they got it at Target. Nobody cares. It's all wonderful Disney stuff. So do whatever works for you. But just know you can do it less expensive if you do it outside of the parks. So I think... This is gonna wrap up the video. I hope that was fun and gave you some um, new or refreshers on some of the tips that I experience when I go to Disneyland. Um, just a reminder, be on the lookout for my dining episode, be on the lookout for the, um, when I actually do launch my um, planning sheets, my printable planning sheets on Etsy. Um, and as always, I hope you are having a wonderful day 